What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. Hi, my name's Francis, and my title is Captain Awkward. I am the founder and CEO of Awkward Essentials. Hi, my name is Andrew Gerza. I'm a queer, cripple content creator. Both Francis and Andrew had very limited sex education as kids, like most of us. Now they do important work that sheds light on aspects that they were missing. First, Francis. I learned of her company, Awkward Essentials, when a friend texted me a TikTok video that had gone viral. You have to see this, she said, the cum sponge. That creation is definitely a far cry from anything Francis learned early on. So growing up, I went to public school and I specifically remember this one video, you know, like the VHS, like sex ed videos that they show us of these two girls and they go on a sleepover and then one of the girls gets her period for the first time. And the next morning during their sleepover, the mom draws out a uterus with pancake batter. I think it's called like the pancake video and is describing to the girls how, how everything works via pancake batter. And I've looked for it on YouTube multiple times and I cannot find it. Francis is not the only one who has searched the web over for this video. There's a Reddit thread called Searching for Pancake Video from 2017 and another on Lost Media Wiki. Francis also recalls her mom taking her to the library to get sex-related books and resources for her, but no official sex talk. I don't think she really ever had the straightforward conversation, but she did want to make sure I had those resources. So it was like kind of there, but not that whole awkward conversation. You could say Francis now specializes in such conversations about topics that are often stigmatized and taboo. The cum sponge my friend texted me about, the one that went viral on TikTok, is officially called the drip stick. She never anticipated a career in the sexuality space, but life led her here. She's been on birth control for a long time, And she doesn't use any barrier methods with her husband during PIV sex, penis and vagina sex. And she wasn't finding the dripping that followed sex any fun. After sex cleanup was something that just bothered me personally. I know it doesn't bother everyone, but for me personally, I I didn't like it. And every single time I'd be sitting on the toilet, like wiping and wiping and wiping, I would think like, there's got to be a solution for this because for me and my body, that after sex stuff would stay inside and then it would like come out like the next day or while I'm at work and it kind of feels like your period, but it's not your period and you like rush to the bathroom. As a personal side note, I remember years ago when someone I was dating would rush to the bathroom like several times during sex. And at the time I was so perplexed, I couldn't figure out why he was doing this. As it turned out, he was trying not to come too soon. I wish we had both known about Promescent back then. 
If you or a partner has a penis and wants to make sex last longer, check out their Climax Control Spray. This awesome FDA-compliant product can keep an erection going without bringing numbness to your partner. Learn more at delayspray.com and save 15% on your first promescent order. They also have fantastic aloe-based lube I am loving with the promo code AUGUST15OFF. That's AUGUST15OFF at delayspray.com to save on your first order. Okay, back to Frances's frustration with come lasting too long inside of her. She found herself heading to Google often for a solution, and she really couldn't find anything other than comment threads in the depths of Yahoo Answers or Reddit. And everyone would say, oh, I use a sacrificial sex towel or I use baby wipes. I'm like, that's, that's great, but that's for the outside. And for me, the issue is internal. So how can I remove everything internally so I can just not have to worry about it the next day? That's when another activity she enjoys came in, baking. I love baking. I've worked as a baker. And when you use a rubber spatula to scrape cake batter out of a bowl, every time I would do that, I would think, wow, it would be incredible if I had a spatula for my vagina that I could just get everything out in one fell swoop. And so that was kind of like the moment that sparked the idea. She figured she wasn't the only one feeling frustrated by after-sex cleanup. But I couldn't really find people talking about it. I mean, as we know, sex in general is so taboo. Like the pleasure aspect in itself is so taboo. This almost feels like it goes beyond that, right? It goes into the stuff we do in the bathroom and we just shut the door and you don't see it. You don't see people squeezing pores or like picking chin hairs in like movies or even in porn. And so this is kind of in that area. Which is why once she created the product and launched the company, it made sense to call it Awkward Essentials for things you might need but not feel terribly comfortable talking about. Here's how the dripstick works. So dripstick is a medical grade sponge with a handle. I guess I have to note that the difference between dripstick and a tampon is that a tampon is a really dense piece of cotton meant to absorb like a lot of fluids over an extended period of time. So because dripstick is a porous sponge, it can absorb things of a different viscosity more quickly. So the way it works is you grab the handle, you carefully insert it and give it a little twist, remove it, and you're good to go. Because every body is different, Francis said that folks find the best ways that dripstick works for them. Many people find that just one does the trick, others do better with two. Sometimes I kind of like, leave it in there and like walk around or like rinse off and then take it out. Um, but it does absorb quickly and almost instantaneously, unlike something like a tampon. Frances also recognizes that some people really like the feeling of cum lingering inside after sex or the next day. This product is for folks like her who are not a fan. When I told Frances that someone texted me the TikTok video that at the time I saw it had 2.9 million views, she wanted to know which video I was talking about. Okay, I asked because I think her last video might be at like 7 million views. That's why I'm trying to like figure out which one. She scrolled through TikTok to find it. Oh, oh my God. Actually, it's at 20 million views.
The video features Anna, the company's digital marketing manager, holding a dripstick and basically saying, here's what it is and I work here. Ironically, Anna is not a huge fan of being in videos on social media. She's like, just like waving it in front of her face. It's the same girl. She's wearing like a dark dress. There's a blue sky in the background. I mean, TikTok is primarily a younger platform. We didn't know if it would be a platform that works for us. And I remember when she made this video, we were like, okay, like, why don't we just put something out there? And it just, it, it blew up like the notifications, the questions, just everything. And I mean, it was crazy. Like our sales increased by like 1200% and our traffic increased by 1200% and we were getting all these messages and DMS. And so I think what's interesting about this product is it's something that I think people want to talk about. Like, I think people want to talk about sex. They want to talk about shared experiences, but someone else has to like open that door first. And so just anytime we like go viral or there's like a slew of press, it's what happens. And the response is so fascinating because we get everything from incredible amounts of support to people who will privately message us and email us and say like, wow, I thought there was something wrong with me. Like I didn't realize that I wasn't the only one to hate mail. So it's all across the board, but for the most part, it's incredibly positive. Some of that positive feedback has been really moving. They have heard from people with physical disabilities affecting their hands, for example, who find that dripstick helps them clean up with ease. It's either that or it's like you can't just immediately get up and like run to the bathroom. Um, So that and then we have had a few folks that have gone through some sexual trauma that have essentially said that like removing that feeling is is helpful for them. It's incredible. It's not something that I even thought about when I first launched this. I just wanted to know if people would be into this idea because I know it's very different. They've also heard from people who find that dripstick helps ease worries around sex so they can have a better time. So the mental load of just worrying, right? Like even me personally, like thinking like, okay, if we do it in the morning, but I have a meeting or I have to go to work or I'm sitting here, I have errands to run. Or like, if I want to go running, like if we do it in the morning and I want to go running this weekend, like it's just, it's going to be coming out. And so we get a lot of really interesting messages and emails from people who say that they're having more sex because they don't have to like worry or plan in advance for these things they want to do. So it's been, it's been incredibly rewarding. Andrew told me they remember very vividly watching a sex ed video and learning, here's how you make a baby. And I remember thinking, but I'm definitely into boys. This does not apply to me. I understood the class was limited, but then, you know, I didn't see any representations of myself as a young, queer, disabled person. The teacher gave the option of leaving class to do something else, and Andrew took it. The teacher's saying, I can go, like, sure, I'll go do something else. Looking back, Andrew said he wishes he had stood up for himself. They deserved to be there, and everyone in the classroom deserved more helpful education. Given the work Andrew has done through his adult years so far, it really seems like he's making up for that. Starting out, though, they didn't intend to go into the sexuality field or shed light on disability. Andrew said it wasn't even on the radar. I went to school for law. 
He saw the lawyers on TV in Law and Order. So I was like, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. But Andrew grew up in Canada, and Canadian law is very different, based on a British model and not as dramatic or theatrical as what he assumed U.S. law would be. And as I was kind of studying law, I also studied disability law within all that. And I was like, I like this, but I don't want to. I did a master's and a BA, so I did like 10 years of school. And I was like, I don't want to do seven more years of school to do a PhD and to maybe do something with it afterwards. That's not my trajectory. And then I was like, well, I've always wanted to talk about queerness and disability and I need to make some money. Like I was done my schooling and I was like, I need to make some money because no one's going to hire me. And I don't want to live on disability supports my whole life. What do I do? And then I was like, well, I remember my lecturers from my law classes and they were like super persuasive. And he liked the way they walked around the room with the lecture slides. And I can do that. So Andrew started putting together presentations about what it was like to be queer and disabled. And the catalyst wasn't just him wanting to find a career. He also thought, If I show myself like this, maybe all those gay men that wouldn't pay attention to me when I was in school will see me as important and then also want to fuck me, basically. He wanted to not only be respected, but desired. Then maybe they'll pay attention to me. And also, I can make myself some money. Too. So it wasn't intentional at all, but it just sort of fell into my lap. From there, Andrew delved into writing for free blog sites like HuffPo. And he liked it because... It got my name in the door and people started to read who I was. Even if they vehemently disagreed with my viewpoint, at least people like saw me and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I realized this can be a career for me. But then I was like, well, typing is really getting hard for me because my disability is takes a lot of energy for me, a lot of spoons out of me. And I was like, well, what if I then turned these articles into a podcast? Andrew did some research then, back in 2016, and realized there really wasn't a podcast dedicated to disability and sexuality. Maybe an episode here and there. But there wasn't a show that specifically focused on sex and disability. And I was like, well, I can do that. I can buy a mic and I can talk words for half an hour and say some things and hope that it goes somewhere. And has it ever. Andrew's podcast, Disability After Dark, shining a bright light on disability, reaches some 10,000 listeners each month. And it was recently awarded a 2021 Canadian Podcast Award. And he recently branched out to explore a broad range of topics related to disability. He told me he loves hearing from people around the world who listen and exploring whatever topic he's interested in. One of his favorites is a series called What If You Became Disabled Tomorrow? And it has led to some fascinating conversations with porn stars. And I've had people from all over the porn community asking like non-disabled porn stars, like what would happen if you became a wheelchair user tomorrow? That's really fun because then I get to talk to like hot porn stars that I have wanted to talk to. Andrew has also starred in porn himself. They told me that they have always wanted to perform in adult films since they first saw porn back in his teens, and his body was not represented. Where's the wheelchair? Where's disability? Where am I? I would, I would sneak porn when I was a teenager, and I, all you would see is white, muscular, able-bodied men sleeping with each other, which is fine and great, and it was great, but like, there's more to it than that. We know that, that that's a very myopic view of what male queer sexuality is, so... 
I was like, I want to see myself. I want to be just as horny as this guy on screen. and I want to do this. Andrew was approached in 2019 by Davey Wavy, a YouTuber who also has a porn company, who Andrew had worked with before as a consultant. He wanted Andrew to recreate a porn video from their site with a performer of Andrew's choice. Andrew said yes immediately and invited his sex worker, John, to appear with him. Then we came over and we did it in my bed. We showed my disability, how to get in and out from my chair to the bed. We showed me making out with him in my wheelchair. We showed like really iconic, I think, visuals of like, here's how a disabled person fucks somebody. You should look at this. Andrew said he doesn't see it as porn per se, so much as an educational, explicit how-to. That was right before the pandemic started. And he has performed in one more film with a friend recently. He hopes there are many more to come. Pun embraced. It's not something that I see as like a dirty or like scary thing. It's something that's so valuable because disabled bodies are not represented in this way. And we don't see wheelchair users often having sex. And I just think that especially in queer male spaces that is so dominated by very white, very able-bodied aesthetic. To see this is like, look, there's something different out there. I too can give you pleasure. I too can get can be hot. Look at me do this for 20 minutes on camera. Watch. Andrew said that the biggest challenge in his work is dealing with cultural sex negativity. We both have friends and colleagues who have been booted off Instagram or landed in Facebook jail for trying to educate or promote their work online. Andrew's also often frustrated by social media culture and how difficult he finds it to speak freely for other reasons. I'll be really blunt. I I think our social justice world is very polarizing. And I think I understand whether we all want to have a, a say in something, but I think the way we talk about someone expressing themselves can be really dangerous. Like I, I'm afraid to say a lot of stuff online, even though I do say a lot of stuff. I'm afraid to say a lot of stuff because I'm like, oh, what if, what if like I get canceled there? What if I hit the wrong note? Or what if somebody comes for me? Working in this industry, especially trying to do it on social media as a freelancer, like it's hard because one day Instagram could be like, Andrew, we've decided your account is goes against this and this violation. It's like, how do you do this if we can't have platforms to do it on? So that's frustrating. Andrew also feels he has to prove himself more than the average person. Because of my disability and I have to be like, I have a space here. They said it's not uncommon for queer, able-bodied men on Instagram to freely show their body or a porn scene or being sexual. And they'll get like 800 likes and 9 million retweets and it's really hot. But if I do the same thing, there's crickets and it's like, oh, that's really... I just did what you all did. Why did I get the same engagement? It can be really taxing. So sometimes I like to like take a little social media break and not worry about the numbers. But he keeps going because there's a lot to love about the work too. I love that I work for myself, my own boss. I also live with not only cerebral palsy and, and I'm a wheelchair user, I also live with IBS and chronic pain from IBS. So I'm in pain, even as we're doing this now, like I'm smiling and it's great and I love to be here, but like I'm hurting and I'm dealing with it and you put a smile on and you do your job and you go. But like, I love that if I'm having a day where I'm just like, I don't want to do any of this, like fuck it today, I can say, nope, everything is canceled. Like we're done. 
And in a nine to five, I can't do that. I also love that I get to just tell the truth or my truth anyway about disability and the queerness and sexuality and be like, this is what it is. Pretty often, someone will approach Andrew and say, oh, I read your tweet. I felt comfier. I felt safer. I felt good to like be around you. Like, that's cool. Find Andrew's podcast, Disability After Dark, wherever you are listening now, and hire him to speak through andrewgerza.com. You can also follow their hot takes on disability at andrewgerza underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Learn more about Dripstick at awkwardessentials.com or on social media at awkwardessentials. Frances and her team also run a private Facebook group called OcTalk where folks can talk and ask questions and bring up, quote, things that happen in the bathroom and we don't tell anyone about. To support this show and my mission, to reach and help more people and build my team, and get fun girl boner extras at the same time, join my community at patreon.com slash girlboner. You can also show some love by rating and reviewing the show and letting your friends know about it. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.